Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Wednesday, December 14th, 2016. I am your host, Alexander Kalafi, today joined by uh, two regulars Nintendo News Report. That is one Donald Terrio. Hello, Donald. Hello, and this is pretty much my Christmas, given that there's probably going to be a few more involved. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, yeah, so, sorry to bring the show down from the start. No, 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 no. It's fine. If, if that's if that's what's going on, I mean that that is what's going on. That's always tough. It's I, I had not to make this about myself, but just to relate a tiny bit. I had a first uncle that that also was a near Christmas one, and that ended up bringing a uh, a certain damper down on the hallway, the holidays. So of yeah. course, Donald, we are with you, and we are. Uh, we are here for you, as per usual. Thanks. Uh, also joined by Zachary Miller from Alaska. Hello, Zachary Miller from Zachary Alaska. Zachary Miller and Ashante stand in Amiibo. Ooh, okay. So that one is... Let me guess. I'm going to be a total dummy, but I'm still going to guess. Is that the one from Kill a Kill? Nope. Is that Senran? <laughs> Uh, no. No, I don't even know if Senran has an anime. Um, I feel like such a dummy. Uh, Donald, do you know what that is? Uh, I believe that's Yoko from Gurren Lagan. so you were in the right ballpark with, uh, Kill the Kill, like, same production. Gurren Lagan. okay. I, I had a so feeling, good. because Gurren Lagan is an anime that I actually did see a few episodes of, and then I went on a Wikipedia page too early, got the crucial plot point of the series spoiled for me, and then never kept watching it. It's a great show. I believe it. I, I can tell from uh, from the first few episodes I saw. It's it's a little uh, Evangelion, if I remember correctly. Or, uh, like not thematically. Involved, sure. Not th- not thematically, because Evangelion is this crazy Christian thing. That's like that's like a, a meditation on God and religion and our place, which which Garen Lagan certainly is not. But I <laughs> I, I do think about uh, Garen Lagan. I, I I think of the big robots and I think of the two. Yep. Uh, the the ultimate big robots. Like you don't get much bigger than that. Yeah. No nope. kidding. And then there's there's like a weird like slightly happier Fist of the North Star edge to it too, isn't there? Yeah, like the I think the second half would probably be closer to what you're looking for with that. Mm, Okay. Anyways, we certainly have a show was worth of things to talk about today. I will use this as one of your two showly reminders that Nintendo News Report is now on iTunes. Uh, We ran into some technical difficulties that were preventing us from being fully updated, but now every single episode to date is on Nintendo News Report's iTunes feed, and from now on, you're going to get this show a couple days after, uh, to maybe even sooner, just like every other podcast. So our release timing will be just like that of every other podcast. Which means, six episodes in, no, seven episodes in, Nintendo News Report is finally hitting the minimum acceptable standard of being a podcast. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about some news today. First off, I want to talk about some mobile stuff. Pokemon Go is finally formally introducing some Gen 2 Pokemon in the form of eggs, which you can get in the game somehow. I'll let Donald explain it because I know without even talking to Donald that he already knows it, but certain Pokemon like Pichu and and Togepi are now going to be introduced to the game. And in addition to that, one thing I was talking to Donald about a couple weeks ago was the idea of either releasing a festive Pikachu or a legendary Pokemon to coincide with the uh, Christian holiday season slash Jewish holiday season. So it could have been a Hanukkah Pikachu too. But they are releasing a festive holiday Pikachu just like I predicted. Isn't that right? Yeah, What's so, so funny, Zach? What's so funny? How about a how about a Jewish themed chandelier? <laughs> oh, I, I that's actually not a terrible idea. 
I think the only or, reason or the, why we're the laughing first one, the candle one, whatever the candle one's called. Litwick, the only yeah. reason Litwick. why we're laughing is that uh is just the we're referencing the fact that Jewish people are unfortunately very underrepresented in video games, which I say as someone whose mom was Jewish. So I'm I'm slightly pulling the Jewish card after realizing that we just laughed at the Jewish faith just a little bit. So I'm saying it's me laughing at myself, and I, I think we're laughing. At I myself. think we're laughing at the the idea that a game would go so crassly commercial that they would intentionally introduce a Hanukkah Pokemon. But the thing is, isn't the a uh, festive Pikachu, like supposed to be a Christmassy Pikachu. Yes, it has a it has a Christmas hat. It's not the only Pokemon game that has one. By the way, the holiday Pikachu and Pokemon Shuffle can do this. Yeah. The damn <laughs> thing kicked out of eight great balls so far. Um, but getting back to Pokemon Go, uh, they have what they've done is sometimes in Pokestops you can get eggs which you have to walk around and hatch and one of the microtransaction items is an incubator that speeds up that process so now what has happened is that some generation 2 Pokemon that you would expect to come out of eggs stuff like Pichu, Cleffa, Igglybuff, Togepi they're now Elekid, Magby they're now coming out of eggs I think the only major baby from that generation that hasn't come out yet is Tyrogue and I think the way I think oh. they would have to figure out how Tyrog would evolve before they would go ahead and do that because he has three different evolutions. Here's the question I have for you, then, Donald. Have you doing so? The hatching stuff is now live. People can now get a hold of these eggs. Yeah, they, like those eggs went into the wild on Monday. So I mean, there's yeah. been eggs in the game the whole time. But they've hatched into stuff like Pidgey and stuff before now, and now, in addition, they have a chance of hatching into a baby Pokemon. Oh, and those are going to be extra rare, I imagine? Uh, reasonably so. Uh, I know a few people that had a few eggs that uh, tried to hatch them all and uh, didn't get anything, so... So how do... What's I've the, never hatched an egg. What's the flow of hatching an egg? Do you, so you walk a certain number of steps, or it's more steps per step if you're doing the incubator thing? It, Does it light up and just say, based. huh? Does it... It's distance-based. It doesn't track your steps like a pedometer. No. No, okay, but when does, what happens when it hatches? Does it just say the Pokemon hatched, or does it wait for you, and then you can see the hatching animation, mm. you, or do you, you hear a special sound? You get to hear, the, you get to see the, the, the full hatching ceremony, like okay. like you would see in a regular Pokemon game. Okay, the reason why I ask is because I had to write a holiday shopping guide for the uh, local newspaper I write for. And then I wrote in a thing on Hatchimals. And if anyone's heard of Hatchimals, they <laughs> are this year's Webkins, this year's Tickle Me Elmo, this year's Super Hard to Get Toy. And what they are is, they're this toy that you uh, get for $60. It's an egg. And then if you rub the egg enough and you like gently play with it enough and you nurture it, for about, I think it's a, it's really real time, it's about a half hour, but for some kids it would take a whole day, whatever, whatever, whatever. It ends up hatching into a stuffed animal, which is brilliant. Like a Furby looking thing, right? Yes, a Furby looking thing, which is a brilliant idea. The thing that I thought was so smart is that even if the egg is ready to hatch while the kid isn't around, it won't hatch until the kid is around, because that's all the fun is seeing oh, this that's mystery. Cool. Unwrapped. So I was wondering if Pokemon Go had the same system. Yeah, and I have to say, Toys R Us a couple of weeks ago, they on a Sunday, they announced that they were going to have Hatchimals and the NES Classic. My first thought was, are you trying to burn down the stores for the insurance? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, as some... seven dead and in mad rush to Toys R Us. I was actually having a pretty good time reading about Hatchimals and like ha reading Hatchimal reviews on some of those mom blogs. Just because it's very enjoyable as someone who is barely an adult to look back with an adult developed mind and to be able to look at a child's toy critically and then to see what these moms are saying about it and then to be like, okay, I understand how that works. There's, there's a certain pleasure about being able to take the uh, mystification out of a child's toy. Which <laughs> <laughs> I like how you phrase that. I, and I just realized that uh, if 
if there was a Jewish Pikachu, when you throw him and he comes out of his ball, he'd say, L'chaim! <laughs> and then Pikachu's the one Pokemon who actually has the vocals, right? Right. So there are Jewish maybe, Pikachu. Maybe, who maybe Detective their... Pikachu will be Jewish. Now here's the question. Does Jewish Pikachu have the, uh, like the, uh, the curly sideburns? Or does it come out of the is red a, cheeks? Is he a Hasidic Jewish Pikachu? And the reason why I say that is because I am in a neighborhood of people who their kids actually do have the fully grown. Oh, you're uh, kidding hair. me. No, 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 no. The, um, I'm in greater Boston and the greater Boston area I'm in is considered the cultural hub for Judaism. In the Boston area. And I am on one of the main streets, literally a two-minute walk from uh, wow. a main temple and, like, main Torah schools. And I just see these parents and their kids, and they have the super long hair down the sides. And I think <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> I love Jewish people. I love Christian people. I love all people. And you will now walk, watch me slowly walk away from this cliff I have uh, embarked myself on <laughs> to talk about our next story, which is another mobile story. Oh, uh, yes. And, oh, oh, and Ms1K3 also identifies with me, says, I see that all the time, too, LOL. Uh, Ms1K3 also says, I found that Pikachu at the first Pokestop I went to after not playing in a week, and I didn't even know about the update, LOL. So maybe that stuff is more available. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was more available because I bet there's so many players who have fallen off Pokemon Go. Like giving me. them a like you. So giving people like you uh, a really cool Pokemon right off the bat is at least a way to keep you hooked a tiny bit longer. And the sad thing is, from people I've talked to that have played Ingress, apparently this is a really good time of year to go out and do stuff in, po in Pokemon Go and games like it, because, well, everybody else is cooped up because it's bloody wintertime. Uh, <laughs> I see, I see. Let's talk about our next mobile story. That is, that Super Mario Run comes out tomorrow. It doesn't feel like there's a definitive time that it comes out yet. Uh, I'm guessing it's not going to be midnight and it will instead be like 1 p.m. tomorrow. Um, well, based on when Mitomo went live, it went live on iOS at about 9, I want to say about 9 Eastern. Oh, really? On, th on the Thursday morning, so it could go live at any time. It's up to, it's up to Nintendo at that point. And right. I, would, I would think that They'd probably want to. They're probably going to time it for like the at least for North America the download PR, which mm -hmm. we get at about nine Eastern. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Super Mario Run. I have about nine dollars of credit on my nice. iTunes account. Although uh, I am in a very poor situation where my iPad is very cracked right now. If you guys can Ooh. see that. Yeah. Yeah, that looks like it was hit by a car. Well, what happened was I was watch I was walking my dog and I was holding this listening to a podcast. Uh Zeus pulled the chain just a little bit and then my iPad dropped through no intentional fault of his and then the the screen cracked just a little bit, which I don't mind cuz like that's dogs don't don't know what they're doing. Like, it's 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 my responsibility. For, it's not the dog's fault. I wasn't pinning its fault on the dog. What I'm saying is, it was an unfortunate accident that my iPad broke, but it still works enough for me to play Super Mario Run. <laughs> which means I'm going to do something <coughs> I never thought I'd be doing because I've never had a phone that broke, so I've always had that slight sense of superiority over all the people I see walking around in public who do have Same broken here. phones. So now that I have a broken iPad, I will now be joining the collective <laughs> of, of people that I silently felt condescending to for all this time. You, you don't have a $200 otter box over that thing? Well, here's what I have. I have this thing, which is one of those, like, it, it'll do like that, whatever, like whatever, whatever. things? Whatever. Yeah. And I but, thought it yeah. would be enough because it looks... So, okay, my favorite cases are, like, the ones I have on my phone. And you can't really see it that well. 
but uh, I'm going to describe it for the audio podcast anyways. My favorite phone cases are the basic ones, where the shell indents a little bit higher than the screen, so if it ever yeah. lands right on its face, it'll it'll hit the shock resistance in the case. You 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 probably know what I'm talking about. 60% of you know what I'm talking about. The, bump, the bumper type things, like the ones Apple gave out with the... Uh, with with when the uh, antenna gate was going on. I think I've got one. My wife's one. Yeah. My wife's got that for her Galaxy. Exactly. Or Note, whatever she's got. So I Careful. thought I was Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say uh does she have the Time Bomb one or are we talking older model? No, it's a much earlier. It's an earlier. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I thought I would be okay, but uh, uh this thing does not have the indenty thing. The cover was not off, so it ended up hitting the the pavement like just flat. So yeah. it ended up cracking. And it's the kind of cracking where when I was initially feeling it, I could actually feel the sandy uh iPad retina glass on on my oh, fingers, brutal. which which made me feel very bad about even continuing to use it. But someone's got to play Super Mario Run and I have no other method of playing it yet. So I'm going to have to deal with a cracked screen. However, Super Mario Run comes out tomorrow. It's available now in demo form in Apple stores. I am somewhat excited about it, I would say. I don't think they've done a tremendous job of showing it off so far. It looks like a Super Mario, a new Super Mario Bros. game, but slightly more boring and with slightly less control. Yep. Uh-huh. And Zach, I'm not trying to be so cynical like you, but I think the one thing <laughs> I've like I've only realized today as I look at so many videos of Super Mario Run is that I'm sure it's going to be a great game, but I feel like they're doing a poor job of separating it from New Super Mario Bros. Because it, it seems like Bowser might be the only boss in that game. I don't know if he is. I have I haven't been playing the game. I have not had any early access to the game, nor have I been looking at the coverage as closely as I could have. But it looks like Bowser's the only boss in the game. And if it's uh, four levels Bowser, four three levels Bowser, whatever, 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 that's slightly troubling to me. Only relieved by the fact that I know that we got, like, the Nintendo old-school A-team designing it. Because Miyamoto's on it, and I think Tezuka's on it too, right? Yep. Yeah. Donald, what's, what say you, Donnie? I'm I'm intrigued on an intellectual level on it. Like, I, I do want to see what the A-team developing a mobile app would look like. I... Unfortunately, the time I would have gone to try the demo at the local Apple store, there was a massive snowstorm that day and I couldn't get out. So I'll be waiting for the weekend. I'm not sure because I don't have any Apple devices here anymore. And when I did, it was an iPod Classic. So I wouldn't have been able to play this anyway. But mm. I'm, I'll, I'll wait to see how it plays and I probably will end up buying it when it hits Android. Yeah, me too. Oh, but I'll get it on my um, Nexus 10, assuming it runs on the Nexus 10, because I, I try to sequester all my mobile games to the tablet-sized thing. Uh, yeah, we we have some... Because com- it'll, it'll kill my phone's battery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jared Goblin actually makes a point that we forgot to cover. It's called Super Mario Run because it needs to constantly be running online, <laughs> which yeah. I find yeah. to be uh, slightly humorous. And the reason why it needs to constantly run online is that uh, they're concerned about piracy. Yeah, that, of course. Piracy is not so much of a concern on iOS, but the amount of data this thing is pulling down basically means you're unless you have a, like a grandfathered and limited data plan, you're probably going to want to play this on Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah. Like I think it's the, like seventy-five megabytes a minute, isn't it? Uh, seventy-five an hour, but that's still quite oh, an a hour. Bit. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's tons. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll find out over the next few days. I mean, we don't have a copy here, so we'll find out right. over the next few days just how long these levels are, if that's going to be meaningful. But there's also like they they showed off the different modes when uh, last week on the Jimmy Fallon show. Uh, so we know there's going to be a lot of replay value, even if you're just even after you've beaten like the 24 levels or whatever that this comes with. Sure. 
Let's talk about some of the other things that other people in the chat said. Ms. 1K3 reminds us that it's coming to Android in 2017. We have uh, Ms. 1K3 saying, Otterbox Defender, only case I've ever used. Manuel asks the very fair question, why is there so much talk about Jews? What happened was, I was trying to be <laughs> fair. I was... <laughs> Which is a question that no, this is the greatest question we've ever got <laughs> which makes me i have a question for you manual are you asking why i personally <sighs> am talking so much about jews or are you asking about why the greater world talks so much about jews because i have a very oh different God. answer for you depending on what you have to say no the answer to your question why is there so much talk about jews we were talking about a festive pikachu earlier and I was trying to be fair to both Christianity and Judaism, but I ended up saying a bunch of stupid stuff, and now we find ourselves here. Uh, the menorah chandelure is why we were talking about Jews. Uh, <laughs> or Litwick, or whatever. Which would be a very weird oh decision for Pokemon Go <sighs> to bring a fifth generation Pokemon in, Jerry and Parker. <laughs> That would be a really bold thing, and a really bold show of faith for the Pokemon Company. And People or would Niantic. misunderstand. They'd be like, why is there this Chandelure, but no other Generation 5 Pokemon? <laughs> uh, and then we, we must also point out the humor, and that there is someone in our chat <sighs> named Julie, spelled J-E-W. <laughs> Which is, uh, she just oh, said, or, or she or he just said, I was getting offended because Nathan bullies me because of the first part of my name, July, uh, which is the uh, way it's spelled. So there you go. Uh, it's, it's true. Oh. We were, it's true, Emmanuel. We were talking about you for 10 minutes, uh, depending oh. on where you fall on that, uh, either thank you, you're welcome, or I'm sorry. You, you can just take one of those phrases and then run with it. <laughs> That has to be the episode title, Alex. Why are you talking about Jews? <laughs> Se seven episodes in, and we're already in... <laughs> no, Nintendo Jews report. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. It's, uh, I, I think we can end the episode there, right? Yep. <laughs> we're good. It's not going to get any better. Okay. Or worse. <laughs> Okay, Nintendo was on Jimmy Fallon. They were talking about Super Mario Run, they played Super Mario Run, that was all great. And then in addition, Reggie fils oh, went on stage and he was like, okay, we have one more thing to talk about. And he was Jimmy like, peed himself. Jimmy had so much fun and was fan-geeking, boying the heck out when the Nintendo Switch was unveiled on stage on live footage for the first time on this episode of Jimmy Fallon. And we got to see The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild running on the Nintendo Switch. And it looks like a Legend of Zelda game, it was a very basic demo, so we didn't get any more of a feel for the game. Yeah. I have already made my opinions on Breath of the Wild very clear. What I will say is that the system itself presented very well. Dude, it's tiny. Like that initial commercial video, I didn't realize how friggin' small it is. Of course, it's gotta be that tiny. Because it's, like half, it's like half the width of the gamepad. I'm getting the gamepad right now. Donald, say some stuff. Zach, say some stuff. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, the... Well, you have to consider with, like, there, when you're talking about 6.2-inch screen, that's... At, at the size point, of a gamepad screen. Yeah, that's the size of the gamepad screen, but you don't have those chunky controls on the right side because those are removable. So right. most of what you're going to see with the Switch is if you're playing it, like if it's docked, it's, you're just going to have the controller or the pro controller either way. I mean, I mean back to front. It's like as, as deep as a tablet. Okay. Tablet, tablet technology has come a long way in the last five years, Zach. I guess so. so here's what I have. A very dirty... Uh, not very recently Damn. used Nintendo gamepad. 
Now, here's, here's what I want to show you. Look at how bulky everything but the screen itself is. Now, oh, yeah. let's say you shrink this part by 70%, you would basically just have a much slicker gamepad. Because I'm pretty sure the screen is exactly the same size, right? Same, yeah, but same Alex, size, I was talking right? about back to front. Right, no, no, no. And I'm saying, like, basically, it's just a gamepad, but severely streamlined. Streamline. It's got, like, all the shit that nobody uses on the gamepad taken away. Right. Or it's it's at least uh, moved to other places of the device. Yeah, I was just really excited by how tiny it is because because I just wasn't expecting that. And then the dock is also friggin' tiny. Right, and it looks like, as shown in the video, when you take the switch off the dock, it's on immediately. Like it's, I think he had to press a button. Did he have to press a button? It seemed like he had to do something when he was taking it off the dock. Maybe. Because someone thought he... I think I know somebody thought they had t was actually touching the screen there and inadvertently confirming the touchscreen rumor, but uh, he, I think he was hitting... I think he hit the minus button, actually. I don't know if that is, is what you actually have to hit. Like on most Wii U games, you, just one, you know, hit the minus button, you're off TV all of a sudden. Right. So... so there's precedent for that. It wouldn't but, surprise me. But I think the intention and how they showed it in the initial launch video was that you would just pull it out and it would be right there. You wouldn't have to do it. The, the only thing you'd have to do would be to pull the system out of the dock. Yeah. Right. It looks good, though. I, I yeah. think it yeah, presented it well. The bezel looks better than I thought it did. Like, on and the video, I, I actually thought, thought it... I thought the bevel looked a little worse. Really? I thought it looked... It's a hell of a bevel. It's. I, th I thought it looked pretty bad in the... Uh, in the video. And I will say we're, we're 28 days away from the big reveal direct. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the big that's exciting. The big Japanese press conference. Which mm. is going to, oh, there's, there's only two, two other quick points. That's an excellent transition, Zachary, and I'm sorry to step all over it. But <laughs> I, I, have, I made a transition. I had, you, you intentionally made an excellent transition. RK205-9342 asks, is Jimmy real or is he playing it up for the camera? I hear conflicting things. I have a two-part answer for you. The first is Jimmy Fallon definitely plays it up. Not just because he is a showman and a presenter and this is his job, but, and, I, and I'm pointing, to, I'm, my other reason is that I point to, and I say this in a very apolitical way, not expressing any political opinions whatsoever, when Jimmy Fallon talked to Donald Trump a couple months ago, and you could just see Jimmy laughing a little too hard at jokes that were either not jokes, or they were, like, not great jokes, or, like, they were, like, kind of, like hammed up a little bit for the TV, and he was just doing all these knee slaps and stuff. Yeah. So he clearly phones it in a tiny bit. What I will say is that I actually do think he's a fan of video games, and I do think he oh, actually yeah. does care about Nintendo to an extent. He's kind of like the cousin I have who's 37 years old who pays no attention to Nintendo and what they do, but when the Nintendo Classic gets announced, he gets so, so excited, more than I've ever been excited for any Nintendo console, <laughs> because he's that kind of very specific Nintendo fan. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Is he Jewish? That's a wonderful question. Thanks for Boy. bringing that up, Zach. Uh <laughs> Fallon. I'll stop. I'm, I'm going to actually give you a definitive answer. But we were saying that the Nintendo Switch reveal is happening at 8 p.m. Pacific, uh, 11 yeah, p.m. Eastern, which is very late. For you guys. Uh, for me, for Zach, it's, sure. it's prime time. <laughs> Hell yeah. And for me, it's on, it's after midnight on Friday the 13th. Let's have fun with oh, this. Oh, brutal. Hmm. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, it's, so I'll be calling uh, I, I in just... sick that day from work. I just want to let my boss know now. <laughs> uh, five eight, He's listening. Five-eighths Irish, a quarter German, and one-eighth Norwegian. 
So uh, oh, I, I, I dodged, I dodged a bullet there. Which yeah, I just I had this assumption in my mind that Jimmy Fallon was Jewish, but despite him not necessarily having the most evocative last name, I, I'm gonna stop. I meant your cousin. <laughs> Maybe he's, it may like I, I could see it because sometimes he's got the slicked hair, and then sometimes I got the slicked hair, and then like a similar jawline. I'm I'm gonna stop right there. Okay, <laughs> please. <laughs> uh yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited. It's happening yes. on January 13th. I, it's one of the last things I think about every night before I go to bed, which means we're very close to a Nintendo console reveal. I'm so excited to see what the future of Splatoon looks like. I'm so excited to see whether Zelda Breath of the Wild will finally be an appealing looking game for me. I'm so excited to see what that Mario have game a, looks like. Maybe they'll have a release date for Breath of the Wild. Maybe. Well, for for what it's worth, uh, I don't recall Reggie denying it when Jimmy said March, but I don't think he confirmed it either. No, he didn't say anything. No, but I, I think I think we're seeing. I think that's a June. I think that's a June thing. But anyway, back to this. Yeah, I'm most excited about Mario, which is not uh, yeah. a boat rocking opinion, but I just want to see them go on stage. Show this weird open world Mario game of theirs that also has elements from other Mario games and say, hey, this game is going to be there March 21st, March 18th, March 17th, such and such. The Mario game is going to be the main game I'm excited for because if they don't have that Mario game at launch and they don't have a Zelda game at launch, what else are they going to have unless that's Mario Kart 9? That's the only way Animal they have Crossing. Else. Right. Animal Crossing would be cool if they get the GameCube version out at launch. Oh, come on now. Yeah. After all the the uh, improvements that series has made, I would not want to be booted back to the original game. So, Animal Crossing on GameCube actually has appeal of its own. Or at least in my nostalgia, imagination, memberberry fueled brain, it does. <laughs> the, aside from the NES, remember GameCube? <laughs> I saw the the whole South Park season twenty today. It was it was excellent. It's very funny. It's very funny and very smart. <coughs> and I I love a show that's political and also doesn't clearly take any sides. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. My, my fueled, nostalgia-ridden b- brain, what I remember about Animal Crossing is that it has the best writing, I would say, in the series, or at least the comfiest writing. It has my favorite uh, of the holidays and events. I, I like the grid-based movement that it has. I still actually think that's my favorite way of an Animal Crossing game moving. It has the NES games. Yeah, I do prefer that movement to this globe thing that they've got right now. And it also has, uh, I would say, the most challenge of any Animal Crossing game. Hmm. Although Animal Crossing is weird because everyone makes their bells either extremely slowly through glitching, hacking, time traveling, or through turnips. Those are three ways to make your money. And you can still do the turn-up thing just like any other game. But, outside of that fact, I remember it being the Animal Crossing game I had the most fun with. I wonder if GameCube games will be there at launch. I hope so. Me too. The the rumor says on Eurogamer that they're testing Melee and Sunshine and Luigi's Mansion and also Animal Crossing which are arguably the four most the four best games on GameCube that we don't have access to yet. Rogue Squadron. But like that we would realistically get. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Luigi's that's true. Luigi's Mansion like maybe that's not one of the best games on that system, but it is one of the most important games to get out on the system because there's Luigi's Mansion 3DS and they probably want to nurture uh the environment for a sequel just a tiny bit. F0GX would be nice. F0GX would be very nice. I would love 
that game because I've never played it properly despite owning a copy of it. And the only F-Zero oh, game I properly have experience with is the original one, which I love the shit out of. Nice. Yeah, so GameCube stuff might happen too. That would be a cool announcement. I wonder if there's going to be any surprises at this Switch event. Um, are you counting stuff that's been rumored, like the Mario slash Rabbids game, as a surprise? No, no, I don't. I don't even count Stars as a surprise unless it's a cool Pokemon surprise. Like unless there's something crazy about the game we don't know yet. Like oh, we're gonna add twenty new Pokemon. I have to wonder if Stars would be announced at this thing just because. I mean, Sun and Moon. Sure, they've sold like chocolate covered crack so far. But they're still in their launch cycle, for Christ's sake. The, the Munchlax event doesn't end until after the conference is over. So why would they want to cut Sun and Moon sales off of the knees like that? Yeah. Mm, you're right, it could get announced later, but I still think it comes out this year, or this upcoming year. Oh yeah, like, we'll, we'll, get, a, we'll get a standard Pokemon hype cycle, you know, six to nine months. But I, I honestly can't see stars being shown at this thing. Right. Right. I could see... Well, it, it would warrant its own Pokemon Direct. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. And then there's also going to be events like uh, that were announced via My Nintendo and such and such. Isn't that right, Donald? Yeah. Yeah. So, so My Nintendo members who have their addresses in certain major U.S. cities, you can probably guess which ones those are. Not uh, Anchorage. Nope. Uh, received invites and similar invites went out across most of the world, actually, because we've heard of ones in the UK and Australia as well, that there are going to be Switch demos of some variety, with the first one actually being in New York the weekend of the Switch of the initial announcements, like the 13th to the 15th. And my Nintendo members will have the Friday and Saturday to go in with a friend if they want. And then on Sunday is when they're open to the general public. Okay. That's an interesting Best Buy E3-like reaction to uh, how, how to unveil a console. I'm very curious what the experiences are going to be like, uh, depending on how many people are at these events. And I, I think what's going to be crucial is if, if the public's going to be there... How many demo stations are you actually going to have? Is it going to be yeah. 10 demo stations? Is it going to be 60 demo stations? Right. I would hope it's closer to 60, but uh, I'm betting it's closer to 20. I, Depending on the space they get, we may be talking three figures. And Wait, if, really? Like, really? I, if they... If they want, like, we're, we're talking like New York, LA, Chicago, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., like, those are the cities they're going to. Those are huge areas, and there's going to be a lot of people there. If they want to get a lot of people in, in and out quickly, they need. we're probably looking at a pretty good number, maybe into the hundreds of demo units, and maybe they take them around and you can, you know, you're sitting down at a table or whatever, you can dock it wherever the hell you want. Consider this, though. If there's that many units, they need to make sure no one ends up taking a Switch demo unit or stealing it or sneaking it out or doing anything like that. Which means they might actually have to keep, keep the numbers the... down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or or each Switch will be tethered to a unwilling female employee. Oh, Yeah. That could be a thing. <laughs> and then you have to drag her to a It's couch. small enough that they would do that. Oh, man. Well, okay. I mean, uh, there's only so much you can do with, with a Switch when it's... If it's out of the system... I mean, at some point, that it, you're it's going to become useless because you're not going to... Well, depending on how it charges, you may not be able to use it right away after a few hours. Mm -hmm, but then yeah. again, I suppose for the kind of people who would want to steal a Switch demo unit to reveal whatever they want, you'd only need a couple of hours or you're probably breaking into the thing anyway. Right. Uh, word. Chair Goblin asks, Retro's Studio's new game at the Switch presentation? Um, I Be think nice. that depends on whether Nintendo plans on doing an E3 presentation this year. Uh... Well, 
given the nature mm. has we should clarify here the event that we're talking about like the, the live show is in japan it's during japanese business hours because there's going to be press demos after that which is why it's also five o'clock in the morning for for most of europe sorry guys you drew the short straw this time so <laughs> retro this time <laughs> i mean hey when well, nintendo just... does eat when nintendo yeah. does e3 press conferences it's like it's like dinner time in europe oh time... really yeah, like the only time the only time they usually get screwed is if Sony's doing something like a like on their day zero E three thing, which is like three o'clock in the morning their time. Didn't they also get Yoshi's Woolly World like six months before us? That, that was a thing. Four, but yeah. Four months. Yeah. But it they they timed it for Japanese business hours. It works out well for most of the U.S. I mean, you can say what you will about the East Coast, you know, being eleven o'clock at night, like could see most of the people who would care still being up at that point and lord knows i'll still be up for it at midnight but europe gets the 5 a.m 5 a.m drop please understand <laughs> uh let me ask you this donald rk2059342 brings to my attention that there's some official kirby 25th anniversary live stream tomorrow have you heard about this I've heard of its existence. Um, I don't think we're getting any game announcements out of that because if those are going to happen, those are probably going to be saved for the Switch reveal. Right. Unless it's a 3DS game, at which point, yeah, they could probably announce it tomorrow. Yeah, but also if we just got Kirby Robobo, would it really be the Kirby game you want? If, um, if that's... Like, I mean, would, would we get another sequel to that so soon after? And that is the best Kirby... Style, so um, I could see a version of the a, an updated version of the Dream Collection. Remember that disc that came out? Oh yeah, like the it was like the last Nintendo published Wii game. Wii game before mm, I never got that. I wish I did. Yeah, it was the last. It was the second to last Wii game I ever pre-ordered. Uh, that the that they basically dumped like six Kirby games onto a disc with a with a bonus book and a little bit of and a nice little demo. Soundtrack uh, too. And the soundtrack. So we could see something like that for th in a 3DS form, but if there's anything Kirby coming, it's probably next month. It would be nice if they had a Return to Dreamland port for 3DS to get that whole trilogy on one system. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that that would work. The only, yeah. and it's not, I don't know how well it's sold on as a Wii download on Wii U, but I, I, I got it. That seems like a cheap way to handle it. That was yeah, the I, one Kirby game I ever actually like fully enjoyed too. Hmm. I, I would no say, love for Robobo. Uh, I haven't played it yet. I, I oh, okay. the last Kirby game on 3DS I played and it was good, but it was outrageously easy. Triple Deluxe, yeah, yeah. and I, and I, I should. I mean, it. yeah, and I think for Retro, theirs is gonna have, and I, I should, just doubling back to Retro for a moment. I think what they're gonna have is gonna be more Western focused. So I think Alex, you're right. We're probably gonna hear more about that in June. Okay. Sure. Come on, Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> come on, DKC3, finish the fight. Oh, come on now. Uh, what would be worse, uh, Metroid Prime Tropical Freeze or Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze 2? <laughs> Other M2. We gave it to Retro, that'll make it better. Other M Tropical Freeze. Oh, God. <laughs> I, hey, I like Tropical Freeze. and The whole game takes place in Fendrana Drifts. But I think I I honestly think what we're more likely to see from Retro is a new IP. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think they're I think they've got enough of a enough of a, a leash that they can do that. Now, if you Project Hammer. If you guys were in the mood, uh, it's where we're not legally obligated, or we're legally obligated to never talk about Project Hammer again. So, this is your one warning, Zach. Everyone gets one. Uh, never mention it again. Or so help Nintendo God. <laughs> Doesn't exist. Does not exist. Never existed. Never will exist. Uh, it is relaxing on the same beach that Rockstar's agent is relaxing on right now. Um, yeah. Uh, Julie Park says Kirby no longer cute. I what? think Kirby's cute. I think Kirby games 
have maybe sort of maybe overstretched their welcome a little bit, and maybe Kirby's one of the Nintendo franchises that should take a break for three or four years. I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. And it's not like, it's not saying never bring Kirby back, but it's like, instead of pumping out a Kirby game every year or two, why not focus on F-Zero for a couple years? Or maybe well, another dormant Nintendo franchise, or maybe put out another Kid Icarus game, because that worked out to some degree of success. Well, we, there's one thing we need from Kirby, though, and that's the, that's the Wii U game to signal that the platform is officially dead. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't Ra- argue with that. Rainbow Curse came out way too early to be that game. Oh yeah, Rainbow. It's not Curse. a real Kirby game. Was it? Was that game good? Because that one kind of came and went. Uh, yeah, that's good. That that sounds like the right response to <laughs> is Kirby Rainbow Curse good? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, yeah. sure. Okay, and then, and then once, uh, and after that, then we can put Kirby aside for a couple of years. Yeah, just don't, right. don't kill Kirby. Just put it away for a couple of years. Let him retool it. Come back with Kirby: Breath of the Wild, or maybe <laughs> an Air Ride sequel, or something like that, or a Kirby JRPG. Oh, just, baby, just, an Air Ride sequel would be incredible. Just yeah. let it, let it stew in your mouth for a little while, Hal. And then come back, and then make a make a new fresh Kirby game. That's all I ask. Okay, speaking of games that will never come to Wii U, ukulele canceled on Wii U. <laughs> See, we weren't even talking about anything. That damn not- son, <laughs> that's cold. Ukulele canceled on Wii but U. But accurate. Uh, it's coming to Switch. And it is coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox, and PC on April 4th? April 11th. The week after. April 11th. The week after. Okay. It's canceled on Wii U, coming to Switch. We don't know exactly what the reason is, but Grant Kirkhope, the uh, the composer and, and one of the heads behind this game, or at least one of the figureheads... There's a small handful of really mean-spirited people moaning at Playtonic for canceling the Wii U version when they eventually know the facts they're going to feel like total dickheads. Which to me says that they really, 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 really wanted to get ukulele on Wii U. And they probably worked so hard on it that the PS4 and Xbox One's versions... Uh, probably got their timetables delayed a bit, a little bit, even by a few weeks, or got neglected slightly as a result. And that was was the Wii U version the Leeds platform? The, no, it would have been PC. It would have been PC. I don't I, know okay. for a fact. I think but. the Lee, I think they did say that the Lee console version for this one was the Wii U version. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Except you run into the little problem of I don't know if you've tried to use unity on the wii u but it's kind of crap so and especially the newer version which i don't think even runs on the wii u or can export wii u games anymore the, mm. it's moved on so far so at that point platonic's stuck and you want to talk about kickstarter games that are going to get canceled for wii u um if you backed Bloodstain for the wii u version i'd look for an email sometime in the next few weeks because you think a 2017 game's getting not going to show up on Wii U? Do you really think a 2018 game that runs on an Unreal Engine 4, which by the way doesn't even run on Wii U, is going to show up <laughs> there? I don't think. Yeah. Is this the second, third, or fourth game that has gotten a Wii U cancellation before a reveal that hey, it's actually coming to Switch? Uh, we uh, have... Second, Stardew Valley, and now Ukulele. Well, we have Stardew have... Valley, and then we have Ukulele, and in a couple and... weeks we're going to have The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. No, and, we're not. Uh, <laughs> after that, uh... <laughs> I'm just no. joking, but maybe in a few that, weeks that, I won't be joking. That rumor did flare up today, but considering the Wii U version is, from what we understand, nearly done as far as content and is going through heavy bug testing right now, they are still putting the Wii U version out for Breath of the Wild. Just like Star yeah. Fox 2, right? 
<laughs> that different time. I'm just, I'm they've just, wasted. I'm just kidding. Uh, the Nintendo. <laughs> Imagine if Miyamoto canceled Breath of the Wild on Wii U because he didn't like the direction of the console. That seems like something that couldn't happen with a game in 2016, considering they probably no. spent over $50 million making Breath of the Wild. Well, I mean, the question is, how much does Nintendo observe the sunk cost fallacy, which is, do you consider do you consider the development cost of Breath of the Wild on Wii U to be a sunk cost or not? As in, we've spent the money, we're stuck with it, or let's try to recoup something for this bloody game. Well, if Although, they wanted to do that, that, they'd release it digital only, which they're not going to do, obviously. Well, they, they would never release as a mainline Zelda game. How sad would that be, though? How cripplingly sad would that be? And the sad thing is, Perube I, would cry himself to sleep. I don't know. The sad thing is, I probably would still buy it on Wii U. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because I've had a disc version of that game pre-ordered for over two and a half years. And it will probably be thirty-five dollars off by the time it comes out. Yeah, I, I don't actually think that the Zelda Wii U version is going to get canceled. But when I did see that rumor on Twitter today, I did have the thought of. How sad would it be if the Wii U land loses its only chance at a console Zelda game, and that instead of having a console Zelda and a console Animal Crossing, we have Amiibo Festival and Star Fox Zero, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, Rainbow get, Curse, and you've got the and the good version of Wind Waker, yeah. and the lesser Mario 3D game. There, there's an opinion. I don't know. Okay. Uh, the window dressing of Captain Toad, you mean? Oh, actually, Captain Toad is the suit. I would say that's the best Mario game on that system. I wouldn't have that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the Mario game with the most heart on Wii U. But I think yes. New Super Mario game, New Super Mario Bros. U, is a better video game. Than the other New two. Super Mario Brothers games are built by AIs. Yeah, maybe. Except the first one, Cherry Goblin, I believe, said earlier that Super New Super Mario Brothers on the DS was the best one. Hell yeah, hell yeah! Very few people will agree with this, oh. Cherry Goblin. Oh. But New Super Mario Bros. Oh. on DS is the best one, and let me tell you why. For one, because it was the first one, it was there was the only time when that engine actually felt fresh. Second, it's the only new Super Mario Bros. game that has fully unique bosses, including they take Bowser, they right. drop him in the lava, they make Dry Bowser come out, and then it's this, and which is kind of a fucked up moment in the first world, and then in the last world, you have to fight Dry Bowser, and then in the final world, they make you fight Bowser Jr. and ba Big Bowser at the same time, and it's not a particularly hard boss fight, but they're all very fun boss fights. And I would actually say the most replayable New Super Mario game uh, the fun for the sake of fun, New Super Mario Bros. game. It's the DS one by far, and the by DS1, far. And the DS one has some pretty fun multiplayer games too that I don't think have carried over to the other games. It's well, a lot of those are carryovers from sixty four DS, right? Right, but I think way more people oh. have uh, New Super Mar bought New Super Mario Brothers than bought sixty four DS. Yeah, Cherry Goblin says high five, Alex. High five to you too, Chariot Goblin. Doesn't it feel good having the right opinion sometimes? <laughs> That's how it feels to be me all the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, okay. But, okay. Yeah, Alright, let's wrap this thing up. We have one more story. We have one more story. Oh, okay. Super Nintendo World at Universal. Donald, oh, right. I yeah. paid no attention to this story. Tell yeah. me everything about so, it. So basically, we we know the first of the three of the three Universal Studios that are going to get a Nintendo theme park. Surprise, surprise! It's the one in Japan, and the intention is to have it open before the 2020 Summer Olympics. So right. They, wow. So that because there's going to be a lot of tourists there, and there's going to be a lot of moolah um yeah. 
Mr. Miyamoto is involved in the full planning of it. It's going to be a full, like I think they said, two-level experience. But we don't know. We still don't know like how many ride-type attractions are going to be. How many, you know, it's going to be like the sit-down Princess Peach restaurant or whatever in the place. They they've <laughs> released very few details on it, and they dropped it at about I want to say midnight Eastern on mm. Sunday, so it really wasn't intended for us to know about, I think, but well, that's the internet for you. So, like I said, basically 2020 will have the first of, first of the attractions, and we'll probably see the other two, I'd say within a year or two after that. Yeah. So we'll have DK Splash Mountain, and we'll have uh, Luigi's Haunted Mansion. Uh, uh... They, they, they did focus on Mario, so there's probably, so you that that sounds about right, oh, honestly. But I think there's gonna be a lot more Mario in the park than I think most people are ready to admit. What do you guys think they're yeah. planning for Doshin the Giant? <laughs> um, an exclusive amiibo. Assuming amiibo <laughs> is still go. a thing in 2020. Or uh, <laughs> wonderful 101. What? Or, I mean, I I bet it took some hesitation to just outright call the park Wonderful 101 World. <laughs> what a wonderful world it is, too. Did, uh, did you guys talk about Box Boy last week? Bo- oh, Box Box Boy, or or, or goodbye to Box Boy Cubed. Yeah, bo- goodbye to Box Boy, which uh, is such a sad but cool title. Yeah, I I don't care. I just want the amiibo. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're, yep, they're gonna have too. a Box Boy amiibo. It seems like it's gonna be the final Box Boy game, which is it's weird that they're reflecting that in the title because I always thought that uh, Nintendo had the Nickelodeon style rule of never let them know it's the last episode, um, or like just for the purpose of syndication and then kids and sad and whatever. But apparently, this is gonna be the last Box Boy game. Comes packaged with an amiibo, uh, styled. Like uh, Chibi Robo, well, it's not a Chibi style amiibo, yep. but it's a similar kind of package deal. And if it comes to America, I look forward to seeing that thing for thirteen ninety nine on my local <laughs> Target shelf. I, I, uh, it would be nice if they included like all the Box Boy games in this. In this, the, oh, they will the be okay. The physical release, the the eShop release of the game in Japan in February is going to be on its own, but the physical release is going to be all three Box Boy games plus the Amiibo. That's cool. excellent. So that is actually there's a, easily thirty dollars of value there. Yeah. Um, I I wish I liked Box Boy a little more, but. I have no complaints I, about... I, two is better than one. Yeah. I still have to beat those. Yeah. Um, That seems like it's our show for this week. Yeah? It that, seems like a show? What, what will what will Jewish representation be at Super Nintendo World? Um, well... Oh, God. <laughs> I really gotta hold myself back for making a money joke, don't I? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um... Uh, who's well? Is is there going to be a Warrior World attraction? Oh my God! <laughs> Good night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I, mm. I, uh, I, if any of you That's are good. fellow uh, Jews or half Jews, as is my case, I, uh, I, I <laughs> apologize. Thank you, or you're welcome. As I end the show, Nintendo News Report. Oh my God! If you ever want to watch this again or listen to this again. I should let you know we do this every week on YouTube, and then also we are on the iTunes. Look up Nintendo News Report. We got this dope-as-hell CNN-style logo, and you can hear the audio version. It's got this Animal Crossing remix music at the beginning and end. It's a fantastic thing. I usually edit it properly, so it actually sounds a little nicer than this, and, uh... You can also get a hold of us on patreon.com slash nwr. Now, on Twitter, we have Zachary Miller at ZMiller. Give me them numbers, Zach. 1902? 1902. Cheap. Cheap. ZMiller1902. Z-M-I-L-L-E-R-1902. Donald Terrio is Donald Mc. D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. And I am at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. 
Don't forget Donald's other show, NFR Podcast. Once again, patreon.com slash NWR. Download our free podcast on iTunes. That's all I have to say. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.